are listening to Money, Lies, and Family Ties, a multi-pronged approach to injustice in Ontario family law and mediation. My name is Karen Turkington. Chapter 11, 2007, Mediation Arbitration Agreement, The Nail in the Coffin. A mediation arbitration agreement resulted from these sessions drafted by ex-partner's lawyer, thereby giving her complete control over the contents. My lawyer claimed to have reviewed the draft, telling me that the document had been much worse before he made changes to it. It is the only written document resulting from these mediation sessions. There is also no footprint of discussions for public record, and the mediator destroys his notes. He cannot be called to testify in court. It's the perfect ruse. The limited financial settlement of $80,000, which included interest, was purely for outstanding arrears and child support. However, my lawyer directed $50,000 of that amount to go immediately to him. I would receive $30,000 paid in $1,000 installments for 30 months. When I asked him why he should receive more than me, he barked, You wouldn't be getting anything if it wasn't for me. I never did receive an itemized breakdown of costs to justify his fees. So, I paid him a total of $75,000, the $50,000 from my settlement in arrears of child support, and the $25,000 which I took out a loan for. And what service did he provide for all that money? Oh well, it was finally over. Despite the fact that spousal support wasn't addressed at all, I was grateful that child support was readjusted and increased to reflect Line 150 of ex-partner's income tax return, which was based solely on his trust income since he had retired from paid employment at the age of 43. Despite his being voluntarily unemployed, no employment income was imputed to him. But I was relieved, believing that the increase in child support alone would begin to transform the lives of the children and me. I was aged 47 at this time, and I thought the children and I would be fine from now on with everything settled once and for all. At the end of our final mediation session, I asked ex-partner about the long-term stability of this income, and he had assured me that this income was stable and would remain so for the foreseeable future. That word, foreseeable, was another red flag that I didn't notice foreseeable is a beautifully ambiguous word. The agreement required each of us to comply with it and to act in good faith. There was no enforcement. Once again, I trusted ex-partner. I also believed that we were both required to honor the newly signed agreement, and of course we would do so. What could possibly go wrong? The contents of the agreement were not fully explained to me in detail, so I had little idea of what the agreement stated in concrete terms and how it would translate into daily life. They were words on pages. Each hour was costing me so much in legal fees, and I was going through the motions and doing what I was instructed to do by my lawyer's student lawyer, who directed me to initial the bottom of the pages. It's just routine, she said, while turning each page with little to no explanation of what it said in language I could understand and nothing about the future implications. Even if someone had spent hours explaining it to me, I couldn't have related to it until I actually experienced it. 
However, the flaws in the agreement soon revealed themselves as I attempted to apply them. Little did I know that the foreseeable future would elapse in November 2007, a mere nine months after signing the agreement in February of that same year. 